Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Alex. And this is The Games Wagon, a gaming podcast that follows the short attention span of two brothers, covering computer games, card games, board games, and miniature games, and beyond. If you play it, we'll pay attention to it, until we state on the podcast that we'll play a game and never play that game again. Season 2, Episode 2, look at us go. Took a while to get here, but <laughs> here we are. Consistency is not our forte, but it's quality. It's all quality, surely. This week, we will talk about some games we have been playing to keep us busy, as well as an untimely review for Mario Odyssey. Yeah, so we've been playing tons of games, partly because we are in Melbourne, Australia, and we are in lockdown, part of the COVID, uh, what do you call it? Second wave that's going on here. So we've had plenty of time to play some review, uh, play some games, and here we are doing what I call our section, Timely Reviews. I think we're getting less down in lockdown than ever before, but anyway, let's power on. Alrighty, well, do you want to start? Alright. Um, well, we've both been playing Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, I, I think th- what I've written is pretty much perfect. It's fine, I give it seven. Lots of clicking, secrets to find. I think it is best in multiplayer. What more do you need to know? We played for about five minutes. I am waiting for cross-play, and I would like to explore this game a little bit more. I did see a good, I don't know if it was a review or just comment of it, which is that one of these games could grow, so you pretty want to, I think, give it a solid play, play through the content now, and then maybe dive into some of the expansions. They've already released one, um, but we haven't. I don't think we've even done that far. No. I mean, yeah, like Minecraft really grew and grew a lot. It was nothing to begin with. I was playing in the beta sort of phase, and it's changed a lot. It doesn't really even resemble the initial thing that it was, so I imagine they're going to keep on that kind of vein of thing, um, which is kind of cool, but there's not a huge reason to keep going with it, I don't think, but it is fun to play with other people and have a bash around with. I mean, I don't mind that style of games. I like those games where you chat to people, you're just clicking around, you know, you get a challenge every so often. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know many people who like that as well. <laughs> I need to get my crew. Yeah. I mean, the the cool thing was, I think I got it again, the Microsoft Game Pass for a dollar or whatever, and you got it with that, and it's mm. only five bucks or five ninety five, whatever it is a month at the moment, on PC at least. Uh, so you can just get it with that, and that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and speaking of that, I, uh, I also have Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator on uh, with the Game Pass. Uh, I'm downloading it now, the extra 100 gigs that I need to be, so that won't be in this episode, but wait, stay tuned for that. One game that it is, and I have played, was I did talk about games, uh, Gears of War Tactics, uh, and this is the game that I mentioned I would play and then haven't since the last podcast at all. <laughs> yeah. Because, I, I don't know, I read a bit about it, and then it just said there's a grind and there's some boss fights that last one or two hours or something like that, and you have to pause and eat a sandwich and, you know, recuperate, go to the toilet, and I was like, uh, just seemed uh, just seemed too much work. Yeah. Stick to your job. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> um, I bought Warhammer Underworlds uh, online, I should say, which is a take on a Games Workshop board game in their fantasy setting. Um, and I, I re- did last episode. You're ready for it. You're ready. Yeah. I refunded it on Steam. Uh, I thought it was terrible and broken. Dropped matches constantly. 
and a bunch of the it's it's a sort of a card based game it, it was some miniature and cards but the cards are very important a lot of the cards did not work as intended and it could get stuck into the infinite loops basically with some of those cards so I don't recommend it. It was a strange developer, I believe. Yeah, so that was a bit of a shame. Do you... I mean, the Steam refund thing's pretty new. What What are the kind of conditions around getting a refund on this, on Steam? Uh, they don't want you to play it for very long and uh, you can't have it for very much time. But I think I was slightly over and they whinged at me and then I was like, well, here, I've got all this video footage of the game falling apart and they're like, okay, we'll just refund it. They didn't even request the footage. Okay. Yeah, I guess if it's broken, that's a whole different thing too. Well, yeah, I guess you got to be prepared to fight. I don't think Steam, Steam are very good with refunds, but, you know, they got in trouble with the ACCC and I'm pretty sure they're keen to avoid that again. Yeah, that's a consumer uh, advocacy group in Australia. Well, like y- moving on, like you, I started playing uh, Battlegrounds in Hearthstone after poo-pooing it at first, and we did have a bit of a chat about it last time. Um, I mean, there's been so many expansions even since I started playing, or updates, I should say, rather. Um, there was a new expansion which did bring some content, but they're constantly changing it. There is something quite satisfying to it. Um, but I don't know. The people kind of explain, like complaining about it a lot, but since they change it so often, it seems hard to really complain for too long. Yeah, well, lots of big changes in the most recent one. Uh, we didn't even... Cannons didn't exist at the time when we talked about it last, and the cannons came in and they're gone already because they <laughs> were pretty it. dominant. Um a lot of that sort of stuff has gone on, changing things that are dominating things and trying to make... I don't know. They don't want balance. They definitely don't want balance, but new heroes more power, or old heroes more powerful and introducing new things at the same time. So Yeah, it seems they're trying to get to a place where a few good builds could run away with it. Um, interestingly, I had down here the Battle Pass was 1,000 gold, which I think I did buy, but with this, the new expansion of cards that came up, it's now... 2,500. Yeah. No, it was 2,400, I thought, or 500 or whatever it is. I'm pretty sure that was the initial or Maybe they drop it gold. later in the season. Oh, uh, like yeah. That. No, that's right. Yeah, later in the season they do. Okay, yeah, it starts yeah. at that. So I got the season pass for the second time. It's probably pretty hard if you don't have that because even with four hero choices of heroes, which you get if you have the season pass, you only get two if you don't have it. You can sometimes you just get shit heroes. And you're like, oh fuck, you know, the best I can sort of aim for is fourth place probably, unless I get an insane lucky roll. Yeah, so without it, you got you got to pick between two, which I am doing because I am too tired ass to buy this season. And I've won though. I like it when I don't know. I've I did a challenge. I haven't been playing that much more since I lost the pass. But uh, yeah. yeah, it is a bit annoying. I have to admit, sometimes you don't want to play either of them. Nah. Um, but yeah, interestingly, they're going to get rid of gold. Did you hear about that latest update? No, and I didn't replace hear. it for XP only, and then kind of tiers of getting stuff as XP goes along. Is that to try and get more money, or is that or what? Uh, the statement was something like, "We think most players will be better off this way." What exactly that means, I'm not sure. I guess rather than capping at level 60, which you do now for your heroes, which doesn't really make much sense. It's just a kind of throwback to the World of Warcraft aspect of the game. If you play a particular class, you'll just keep leveling and I guess you get stuff, some rewards when you level. I'm not sure exactly what it looks like. I don't think they released many details. I mean, I I like to play Battlegrounds, but I'm pretty keen for Hearthstone to be over with, really. (laughs) Like, I think they need to get onto some other IPs and that kind of stuff. Like, I guess... 
uh, Overwatch 3 is coming out and uh, 2, 3, two, two. whatever it is um, and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that. I, th- I think it's... But they've developed a whole new team, right? So it's a whole new bunch of people. They employed a lot of, I would say, younger people are involved in that team now, if you ever watched Hearthstone. Hearthstone, Hearthstone yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, I just don't care about the card game and that's what they really want you to do at the moment. And uh, the Battlegrounds is good, but I could be playing something else, I think. If there's something good on your mobile or whatever, I'd probably switch pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I still like... I, so, I, I don't play the card game as much, but I do watch the Grandmasters. I've enjoyed watching that. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I don't buy packs anymore, so that's telling when I used to be pretty regular. Yeah. Um, but, oh, well, it's another game. We seem to play it a lot, and we seem to talk about it a lot in this, ep- this show, so still got us hooked to some level. Hopefully, we'll stop talking about it soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next for me is Railway Empire. Uh, I really got into that for a while and I was having quite a bit of fun um, because I had a bit of a desire for some slow-paced strategy slash sim action. Uh, But I found it pretty frustrating at first and I had to give it a few chances because basically it can be a bit unclear about how it works and the tutorial isn't particularly great. Uh, it holds your hand way too much in some aspects and s- basic things of laying track and that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, once you once you get into it, it doesn't tell you about the, the strange things that are going on and the weird details that kind of make... make well, they're pretty important, really. I guess one important thing is about the way that you lay out your tracks and all that sort of stuff. And, and some things don't connect as well as they sh- should. And I actually ended up uh, turning to YouTube to look at a tutorial video where I learned about this diamond cross tracks, uh, which is very important for... So you've got a station and it has four... You've, got, you've upgraded it, so it now has four different tracks. And you want to put in these diamond things so the train can go onto any of those tracks and then off onto a different destination. Otherwise, I'll just be stuck. And I generally choose the... um, That wasn't... Oh, the one key thing about that is that wasn't even in the very initial release of the game. It came much later, Um, which is kind of weird. It's pretty important that you could do that sort of thing. Uh, And I do get that people... Some people really want a lot of... uh, realism in the game but i play in the low real realism mode and i was just hoping you know trains can go through each other in the mode i play and i was just hoping they jump at you know be assumed that there's some kind of spinning plate or whatever for your trains to move on to the other things right so so they're locked into the one track essentially yes Uh, but even then wouldn't it be good do you move freight or anything i mean you move freight you move people and letters and so i mean the not rather than making the train move, then you could just make it that a station freight would move from one train to another or time. Well, yeah, like I like mean, that, but it doesn't sound like they were doing that even. Well, you c- you can do that with warehousing, so there is a feature of that. So you got to build those separately. I mean, again, y- you might assume that some warehousing would go on at a railway station and these kinds of things. Um, I mean, you can get into the more hardcore mode, and then you've got to really set up bits where trains can overtake each other and all that kind of stuff, but. Yeah, I just wanted something a bit more relaxed and it can be a bit annoying. This, uh, I've forgotten the, um, the people that do 
this game, but they're oh, it's Calypso. They are known for having some issues with their roads and therefore rail sort of system. Um, it's the same as in uh, Tropico and that kind of thing. It drives me a little bit crazy. They've had the same issues since Tropico, since I went 3D of Tropico 3, of just the way that you can lay out roads and that kind of stuff. Sometimes you get these awkward points where you can't do something that you want to do, even though it should be a relatively simple basic road it just doesn't want to play with you because of the way that it's done and the same thing happens in uh, railway empire as well you know sometimes i've had i'm like i can't get to this station no train will go to the station why and it's just due to a really weird sort of pathing issue almost in the way that you've laid out the the rail I mean you can you can get around it you can you can do things but it, it doesn't teach you about any of that stuff you've really got to learn all those kind of fiddly bits and pieces which it's going to, you know, ruin the appeal for some people, mm. that kind of thing. But, I mean, it's pretty fun. And uh, it's got an Australia DLC. So, once I get that, the true review uh, can begin. Is there a campaign? Or you just yeah, do to max it out or whatever? There's a campaign. And so, you get different campaigns with the different DLCs. Um, and they've just announced the complete collection. I think that's... Uh, out now in fact so maybe I should just get that and get everything but yeah I want to play the Australia one and one of my favourite things about that is that it said something along the lines of new Australian DLC comes with like 60 cities and I'm like uh, there aren't 60 cities in Australia <laughs> <laughs> so and there's like three train lines so yeah it's like maybe not the best yeah but they have some obscure places there so I'm kind of interested to see how obscure it gets anyway what else are you up to uh, well, I did want to mention, actually, I'm going to play the gamble that you did. Now, we mentioned Warhammer Underworlds, and people who know those, you know, Games Workshop uh, licensed products can be pretty dodgy, um, but I'm running Gauntlet, and I was thinking of getting the Necromunda one. So, Necromunda's there, futuristic gang, kind of underground, uh, dirty little skirmish game. Yeah, it's a really cool, really cool setting, but always very tedious. It's tedious to play, so it'll be interesting to see whether the, what is essentially a video game translation of it with some modifications will be fun to play or not. But they're aiming for minimal modifications, yeah? It's meant to be more or less like the game? Uh, well, there are some things they've announced that are different, including the number of units you can have, but I don't That's see right. that as being a big issue. I, and there's it, One of the worrying things has been not that much uh, information but given COVID times and everything, they have done some stuff, so it does look pretty good, and they have made similar quite well uh, done games in the past, so hopefully their track record shines through. Oh, well, as long as it's not being made by Australians, it'll probably be fine. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> if they're Australians. Paradox. It's not Paradox. What is it? Oh, should have written it down. Anyway, other things I've been doing is slightly different is D&D campaign. So I'm a lockdown D&D. I wonder how many people have started or keep going uh, during this time. I'm playing a warlock. Um, I'm, I've had it's got some good story elements. Uh, I went the tome warlock. Um, I kind of enjoyed that having a raft of spells, but I've got like so many spells, so many options, and it's just use this one spell over and over again, eldritch blast. And it's kind of a joke that warlocks know all about this, but. I thought by picking all these options, I would get more variety, but it doesn't. <laughs> see, and added to that, whenever I roll it, I roll between, on average, between a one and a three, 
which means I guarantee and miss. So I basically, you know, sit there, wait my turn, roll two really low dice, and then somebody else's turn. But overall, I enjoy the class. Um, I do have the playing once a week. Pretty good for me. I don't think I've ever played so much D&D kind of consistently. Um, yeah, we got uh, the party's pretty interesting. We are playing with one person who's in a different state in Tasmania, so that's good. The rest of us are all in lockdown in Melbourne, so it's keeping us through it. The guy who's running at the DM, he loves his puzzles and his riddles. So there's been tons of riddles and puzzles. So that has something a little bit different. Um, yeah, I do... I do find it, I do struggle playing, I don't know, it is an issue with D&D and overall, it's like, although I have all these spells and I really want to use this spell, but you, you know, you have to kind of have the opportunity to use some of them, um, I do use them in clever ways, I've, I've tried this really, you know, good idea when I was, I've got a spell that's relevant to the new uh, module coming out called Tasha's Hideous Laughter, which makes a person burst out laughing, so I've been trying to use that for fun. Okay. And especially, you know, queued it up and I had this thing where this guy was blinking out and I'm going to make him laugh. It's going to be so great. And then I rolled and I think it was another three. So, <laughs> oh, actually, they have to roll saving throws. I think he critted the saving throw. But anyway. You need to work in some time during the week to practice your dice rolls. That's it. Get my <laughs> wrist going. Oh, well, I have a ton more things that you don't have any, but we might save some for later. We may well have to talk about Ghost of Tsushima a little bit more later. Got that on the PlayStation. It's solid game. Tsushima. That's it. Um, it's so funny when you hear this, you hear that, hey, where are you up to? Oh, I just finished the first area and that's where I am as well. Because that's kind of, you get a big sense of the game then and the rest kind of falls into place. That said, I have played actually past that, but I haven't gone into the new area because I've really enjoyed just clearing out that first first one. You're not talking about that now anyway. Keep moving right, along. Moving along, fine. So we're gonna have we're gonna release another episode. It's gonna take us ages. I'm gonna say it this time. It'll take us ages for the next episode. We won't have another one out anytime soon. Hopefully, this reverse psychology <laughs> works. <laughs> well, I probably won't play any of these games again. I'm gonna give it my DD <laughs> campaign. Uh, Marvel Champions is getting exciting. I've got the Hulk pack. I've got somebody to play with. Yay! And um, even though they're not that that big on the rules, but um. It's the new Rise of the Red Skull box set comes out on September 9th, I think it is. I pre-ordered my copy, got a bit of a discount, should be coming. It's a new campaign with that, so previously just fight villains and you're the, you know, the Marvel heroes, but now there's going to add a story element and progression to that as well to kind of make it what would be more similar to their Arkham Horror game, which has a very strong progression uh, aspect to it. Tomorrow when you're at work, you're meant to print off the... Someone did a homebrew with Juggernaut. You should print that all off for me. Well, I was considering doing that. Um, but the other thing I was considering is making you play it on Tabletop Simulator because they have the cards there too. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a good idea. So that's actually... Initially, I was going to talk about that, but then I found a real-life person who can come to my house being a partner and play with me. But um, <laughs> I was going to get ready for it on Tabletop Simulator where you can have, it has all the uh, fan-created content. They're really good at maintaining it and everything. So yeah, maybe we don't need to print it off. Oh, just as a small note, and Fantasy Flight's been releasing a lot of um, uh, kind of print-and-play content, including a quite hard module that you can add to your Marvel Champions things. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. 
Uh, just some other small things. Spirit Fairer came out on the Switch as well as I think it's also on Xbox Game Pass. Really enjoying that. I'll play it a bit more and see how it go. Might get a bit repetitive. Um, I did finish uh, what became Edith Finch a while ago. I'm sure, that's a well-known, good. Um, what are they called? Walking Simulator. <laughs> I think it was. It was. It was good. I think it's a little overhyped, personally. But anyway, Spirit Fairer is also on the PlayStation Four and the free demo on Steam currently. Okay, there you go. Lots of options. Um, the fun one was you got. Well, one thing you didn't mention was you got Quake free or something. What was it? Yeah, Quake 1 and 2 were given away free. So 1 was just given away because of the, um, whatever it is, Bethesda, Quake Fest or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and 2 was if they reached a charity target. I mean, I only really want 2 because I've got an RTX graphics card and so you can do the... Uh, I've already played around with the demo of it, of the weird lighting kind of things, ray tracing lighting. Um, but it's kind of interesting, I suppose. But yeah, it's pretty dated. Game. <laughs> well, it was part of that thing. They had Doom 64 on the Switch for $3. Ooh. So I picked it up. I played three levels and I feel I got $1 per level. And I'm, I, I enjoyed it. It was. It is more puzzly based, as they say. And it really incentivizes you to kind of complete the level, I think, more than any other Doom that I've played. It's very tightly, small levels, very kind of work out the switches and all that stuff. Try and get all the bonuses. Yeah, well, they've always kind of been like that. I think that's the replay value of them anyway. True, but in the other ones, um, yeah, I think because the draw distance is so small, they've kind of done it in this different way as well. <laughs> it does look so Nintendo 64, which I think you need a bit of nostalgia to appreciate. I, I forget what they're called, but I like the way that the Minotaur things look in that game. They're, they're kind of different. They're, they look sort of cool. Oh, I haven't got up to one, I don't think. You know the ones that charge at you. Oh yeah, do they look different? I don't know. Yeah, well they always look different. I don't, I don't remember. They just got a certain look about them in the Doom sixty four one that I think is kind of cool. Uh, they're kind of pinkier maybe. I did get a chainsaw early on um, in the first level or something like that. I found it and it felt great mowing through a few of them. <laughs> Alrighty, well that's all timely stuff. Now is the time to move on to the untimely. Untimely review. Let's go. <laughs> All right, well, this week's untimely, this week's, this episode's untimely review is Mario Odyssey continuing the Switch theme. Uh, what year did it come out? I've got to write down 2017. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what year was the Switch released? <laughs> I think 2017. Was it? I, I guess then. Oh, let's hope we're right. <coughs> but yeah, um, well-known game, Mario Classic. Pretty similar to Mario Galaxy on the Wii, I would say. That's probably its closest. Uh, there yeah. was a, um, well, there was also um, Mario... New Was it New Mario? I can't remember the three, new th- yeah, Mario 3D. Um, yeah, but that was a bit different in a way because it w- was... The cat suits. Yeah, and it had more of the new stylings, I guess, compared to this. I mean, it's probably more like Mario Galaxy 2. <laughs> but and very tied then to Mario 64 I guess out of all the Mario lineage would yeah, be fair to say that's the origin um, do you want to start with your opinions on the game or do you want to do more yeah. description well, I can start um, well I want to talk about Mario Galaxy straight away because I 100%ed the first one which I totally loved um, but I struggled to get into number 2 the Mario 2 Galaxy uh, and also Odyssey at first. 
I think Galaxy got quite difficult uh, for the last few stars or moons or whatever they were called. <laughs> I think they were stars you back in those stars, days. Yeah. And, um, you know, Odyssey starts off quite slowly. But you do have access to all your standard Mario moves, which is pretty good. You have probably the most moves you've ever had, really. You can do your yeah, triple jump. You can do your squat, you know, you know reverse jump. Um, yeah, I really think it's probably the most move-heavy game, including with the the gimmick or whatever you want to call it for this is the throwing the hat. Yeah. I mean, it teaches about the hat, but it doesn't really teach you about all the other moves. It kind of assumes that you've played all the other ones, which are sort of... It does in a drip feed, because you don't really need them for the basic guess, stuff. But you can't do them straight away. Yeah, you sit in your weird thing and the hat t- talks to you about all your moves and stuff as you go. Yeah, yeah. I tend to get up and leave whilst it's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Will I keep going on my description yeah. or you want to get into your... No, go, go. Um, well, then uh, I want to look at the graphics because they are a totally weird mixture of realistic and totally off-the-wall cartoon. So, yeah, it, it is a bit of a clash. It looks really good on the large 4K TV that you have now, despite the fact it's only 1080p. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you go into two D mode though, so you can like you get into a wall and you become two D. There are these weird pixels that move with you, and they look weird on the big screen. I don't think I've noticed that before on a small screen. I never. Uh, it does have a moving element. You're right. It kind it's of like you're s- you're a square when mm. you become flat, and there are these pixels attached to your square that move and change color. Mm. And that are around you, like like you're. Oh yeah, but I think it's meant to be somewhat of a highlight, though, isn't it? Maybe it's weird. Mm. I find it very weird. I didn't really notice it on it the small. It's screen. interesting that this is a feature that you said was amazing for the last untimely review we had with Link's Link's Awakening. Remember that the experience to go between different game modes, and that also had this feature too. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I mean, it's cool in this. Like, I like the retro kind of thing. Um. But, you know, obviously it's not as novel now. But, yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, well, continuing with that kind of stuff, this, uh, I thought you agreed with this. What's the deal with the bunny villains? Yeah. <laughs> they seem very different art style to a yeah. lot of Nintendo things. I mean, I guess it's trying to appeal to kids or something. But they just seem out of place. It seems weird. They do seem very different. I mean... I guess when you talk about the realistic style, you have New Donk City, which is, you know, this weird version of New York, um, where, is it Daisy? Is it Daisy? The mayor, and they've defeated, I mean, Donkey Kong's not a bad guy or whatever it is. I think she has her own unique name. Isn't oh, it's Daisy. not Daisy? Oh, yeah. Because um, Daisy's the old princess, so she's like, some sort of R name. I know, I'm making that up now. <laughs> anyway... Quick Google, my right, you, you you Google, and I'll continue. Um, but yeah, continuing with the graphics, there doesn't seem to be one theme, and there seems to be several, which kind of makes it stand out as odd between other Mario games. Because in general, you know, you've got very thematic content. You're in this world, and things sort of match all of that. I mean, I know they generally do have some pretty oddball creations um, in there, but it just seems like a lot of that. The T-Rex is probably the best example of that. Like, that's that's so... It's kind of trying to be pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You're kind of in this... Especially when you first see it, you're in this kind of very Mario-looking 
I mean, somewhat realistic. You got the waterfalls, you got all that stuff there, and then you got this quite well textured T Rex that you can take control of and stomp around. By the way, it's Pauline, so you're right. There you Pauline, go. there you go. Starts with an R. I thought it was an R. It's pretty close <laughs> to T. You just add one little diagonal bit and you're done. Yeah, so, I mean, you're right in that sense. And one of the funniest things, of course, at the time, the meme was that Mario, you could see his nipples for the first time in his bathing suit. Yeah. And people were freak, freaking out about that. Um, Just to give my experience, there were, I had a little bit of an odd time with it. I mean, I played it quite early, um, and I didn't know how long I was into it, but then I stopped. Um, I got it back, and I actually got the console back that I started to, to play it on. It's my second-hand... Uh, switch and somebody had moved on to what i would call a bottleneck or kind of a hard it's not that hard but uh you know this nameless person cough cough our other brother had moved me on <laughs> and i just had i didn't know what to do you didn't controls you know i kind of was lost and so i st- started to play it from again so i've kind of spent you know quite a bit of time with it i'm kind of glad that i d- i did that because it was a fun experience and i was much better and i was much more confident i was able to kind of not complete levels because each level has so many moons to find. It's ridiculous um, to complete it. But I, I definitely had a m- more complete sp- experience per level. Yeah. <coughs> until I got to New Donk City, um, which I, di- I thought I hadn't. I thought I'd just got there, but it, it turns out I had actually finished it when I kind of went through. And um, yeah, that's really kind of, I think, the middle point of the game. I think that's probably one of the high points. You go around, you help, you know, get that city right, and then it kind of moves on. And after that is when I probably started to get frustrated with the game. Because um, it's just so fun being in that kind of jumping on taxis and climbing buildings in that realistic way. I, I mean, I think it kind of did work, actually, at least in those levels. <laughs> in that realistic way where you jump on the <laughs> bonnet of a taxi, it flicks you up really high into the air. Really? That's what I do whenever I'm working on my car. <laughs> but, yeah, I found the first time I played it, I didn't really get into it that much um, because I w- was still thinking of the hardcore sort of Mario Galaxy thing, but I definitely enjoyed it more playing it now. Um, because it is a very casual experience and I think that, you know, I, I love the fact that you can just pick it up and put it down again. Don't lose your place too much. And, you know, it being a handheld console as well, it's really designed for that sort of thing. Yeah, well, again, see, I, I agree that up until roughly then and then I kind of went downhill because the final level, I mean, part of it was I just wanted to finish it and I felt I rushed through. Um, but sometimes, you know, some minor spoilers for quite an old game. You know, by the time I landed on the moon and encountered zero gravity, I was just like, oh, this is another thing I have to learn or another thing I have to do. Um, yeah, I and mean, I feel that really, in some other context, could have been quite a joyous experience. So the me- mechanism that really kind of underpins this version compared to others is throwing the hat and possessing creatures. So you throw your hat and then you get their moves. Yeah, you become a T-Rex. Become a T-Rex or a, there's heaps of different ones, a coin spitting out clam and, you know, different robots, different creatures of all sorts. Um, uh, a, a little spark of electricity. That's, yeah. that's a weird one. <laughs> that's a weird one. And did you know you can actually turn off and throw your hat and do do things when you're a spark of electricity? Ah, oh, I didn't Coins, know you, could you can kind of zap yourself out and get. Oh, yeah, no, no, you could zap out. Yeah, yeah I did learn that. 
Yeah, I love that recently. Yes. And they're great when you, you get those creatures' unique movements. You complete a few challenges. Maybe to get some of those harder ones, you have to master them a little bit. And it's great w- when it's a choice and you kind of jump in and out of it. When the lo- levels go on, there are times when you almost are entire level locked using one type. And these are quite simple. You know, you don't normally you only have one button or two. You have a jump potentially yeah. and a thing. And then in those later levels, you've got to master it. So once it's being lava and hopping around. I mean, that had some Mario parts, but it was a big part of it. And then one of the interesting ones um, was Bowser's Castle, which do you, I mean, how would you just, what type of castle would you describe Bowser as, as having in the past? Some kind of lava filled brick castle. Yeah, so this was a brick but very kind of Japanese roof one. Yeah, that's right, you were telling me. Uh, I saw a little bit of it. I just thought it was interesting. I, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't, but I don't, I guess that I, when I saw those castles, I always pictured them as. Uh, very European, but maybe uh, maybe it was my biases coming in. I don't know. I mean, some of them were very um, that German style, you know, that Disney used and all that kind of stuff. That's what I they? thought of. Yeah, With the sort of crazy spires and turrets and things. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I thought it was a great uh, bit of difference. But then in that one, you're a weird um, creature that can stab there long beak i think it's type of bird into a wall to climb and do some springing so basically if you pull down the controller you can spring yourself in a direction left right up and down kind of thing i mean if it had a beak how many other options were there you're a bird or you're a platypus <laughs> I mean, what are we talking here it was a spiky and it was fun to <laughs> shoot it kind of shot out and you jam things really good with it it was quite satisfying but i don't know i didn't want to master that but i had no choice and if i wanted to get the secrets i had no choice and yeah and i and it really kind of locked me into it that's sort of the funny thing that you start off, like I said, as Mario and you've got your huge move set, which doesn't really tell you about it first. And then you become these things that have almost no move set. You've got two buttons. They, m- they might even be able to jump and mm. these kind of things. Uh, I mean, it's good to limit it in some ways, but y- they could have given you some more exciting characters perhaps with uh, you know crazy extra ability but also still mario's powers there yeah uh, or just when it varied it was best in my mind bit of this bit of that try it out it's fun but locking you in kind of yeah uh, made a bit frustrating so i don't know the the sense in which it was an open world um or lots to explore rather is is it's nice, but it's also daunting for a person like me who has to almost pull themselves away from a level because I'm like, oh, th- these things are just too hard for me to get now, right? Yeah. But then, so finally, I, when I did finish it, I wondered why I was collecting all these coins. And it turns out, and I didn't know, there's a massive Mario Odyssey endgame. Yeah, to collect everything. So there are tons of costumes, cost thousands and thousands. It's, it's pretty interesting that there's a whole new thing. There's some... Um, interesting little mini games like one where you have to hide something and then people have to go find it and the more attempts they don't get it to find it the more rewards you get and little things like that um, some other little games like that so it definitely is a game that keeps on giving but I guess my patience for those types of games is, is a bit less yeah I'm not interested in the, any of that stuff it seems like pointless busy work to me um, they say that the game goes for about 11 hours and I'd be pretty happy if I um, got through and finished that. Although I've already strayed beyond those boundaries looking for weird things and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't want to collect every last coin and every last thing. It's it's too much. You know, that I did that in Galaxy and I'm just over it. Especially after my 
Uh, what was that on the GameCube Metroid thing where I 99%ed it because I didn't scan missiles? I just feel so frustrated about trying to uh, 100% things these days. Yeah, well, that's also a, an age thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, but, but like less time to to do all that stuff, you know. Less mm. time for it. But that's what's interesting about those late levels. You could say what's well, much more for kids and all that stuff, but there is a sense in which you have to master Mario to get to those really high levels and you have to really kind of grind in because... Well, kids are really good at that, though, I think. True, but then the floor is nothing but lava all the time now right like you're just dying and dying and stuff like that yeah so yeah um i don't know it took me around a bit over 10 hours but so again then a 10 hour game seems to be on my sweet spot as something that i would finish yeah i think 10 10 to 15 is pretty good so i'm pretty happy with that oh well that's our description of it what would you give this sam i wouldn't say super classic mario but a well-regarded mario I want to give it a solid eight. Solid eight. Um, I think I enjoyed it a bit more than that. I'll probably be leading to the joy that you have in those early levels of running around and experiencing and you know, becoming a T-Rex and all that stuff. It is quite good. And I t- essentially played it one and a half times. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd pro- I'd pro- I don't know. I'm hesitant to give it as a nine, but I'll probably go all the way with a nine, really, if I think about it in reflection. You don't want to do an 8.9 just to frustrate Well, I was talking about an 8.75. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How many more fractions can we go to? Mm-hmm. What? Final score. Uh, is it a 9? Is it a 9? Can I do an 8.75? <laughs> That's where my heart is. Well, uh, we'll take a poll with all our viewers <laughs> and see. Do you, Can Nick give it an 8.75 or has he kicked off the next episode? Please send your mails to ABC care of Sean McAuliffe and he'll take care of the rest. There's an inside joke for you. Since we have no <laughs> viewers, I have no fear that, uh, <laughs> that everything's going to be fine. I'm going to be allowed back on right, our audio-only right. podcast. All right. Well, that's it. Another shortish one. Hopefully, we'll get another one soon. No, Almost don't say that. We won't have another one no. soon. <laughs> it's not going to happen. There won't be another one for ages, dear <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Please wait patiently. <laughs> uh, well, if they wait for this, they can wait longer, that's for sure. Good night. All right, thanks a bye.